the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. This is God's doing. God called him to this. When God calls someone, he equips them for that calling. He equips the call. If God calls you to something, he will equip you for that calling. And in our weakness, God will show himself strong and he will enable us to fulfill that calling by his spirit, through his power. So that we don't depend upon our own power, we depend upon His Holy Spirit. Have you ever had a job where you were asked to do something that you were not qualified to do? How did you handle it? Sometimes when that happens, the company will provide the training you need to do whatever it is. In most cases, an employer will only hire you if you possess the right qualifications. As Pastor Dan explains, when God calls you to do or be something, He will equip you to be successful. It is your weakness or lack of qualifications that allows God's true power to shine through. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus chapter 18 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Moses boasts in what the Lord has done. And Jethro gives glory to the Lord, Yahweh. He does not give glory at all to Moses. You know, sometimes we can testify about the Lord in a way that makes us the star of the story. And really, we're talking about ourselves and couching it in a story about something that God did. But really, we're talking about ourselves. Moses doesn't do that here. He doesn't make himself the star of the story. You know, he he doesn't say, well, then I threw down my rod before Pharaoh and my heart was racing. And you can imagine how nervous I was and how afraid I was. And I said a silent little prayer in my heart, just asking God to give me bravery and give me courage And my rod became a serpent on the ground. And then I reached down and I picked up the serpent by the tail. And I know you're not supposed to pick up serpents by the tail. And I was so afraid, but I just trusted God. And you know how we can do that. We're really talking about ourselves. And we're couching it in this story about something that God did. We're really just boasting in ourselves. There's a lot of eyes and mys in that story. Well, that's not what Moses does. Moses magnifies the Lord. Psalm 34, oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. That's what we want to do. We want to magnify the Lord. Anytime we talk about what the Lord is doing or what the Lord has done, we always want to boast in him. Always boast in Christ and what he has done for us. 
through his death and resurrection and not boast in ourselves with some kind of false humility. Moses shares the story of what God did and Jethro responds with worship and praise of Yahweh. Look at what he says in verse uh, 11. Now I know that Yahweh is greater than all the gods. For in the very thing in which they, the Egyptians, behaved proudly, he was above them. Here, Jethro confesses Yahweh is greater than all the gods, greater than all the gods of the Egyptians, which the Egyptians were proud of and trusted in, like the Nile River God and the Frog God and the Fly God and so on. And remember, Jethro is an unbeliever. He's a priest, the priest of Midian. But after hearing what the Lord has done for Israel, he acknowledges that Yahweh is greater than all the other gods. You know, your personal testimony is powerful. Just tell people what God has done for you in your life and how he has saved you. It's a powerful witness to unbelievers that they really can't, they can't deny it. And so now verse 12 Then Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, took a burnt offering and other sacrifices to offer to God. And Aaron came with all the elders of Israel, all the leaders of the families, to eat bread with Moses' father-in-law before God. Now, Now, this is before the law is given. The law will be given in chapter 20. Before God gives Israel instructions for making offerings and sacrifices, but, but we see here that people made animal sacrifices to God as an act of worship, and it's before it's written into the law of Moses. It's already widely practiced by people. Uh, so it doesn't begin with the law of Moses. Uh, animal sacrifice actually dates back to the first two people, Adam and Eve. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 21, it says that God made clothing of animal skins for Adam and his wife Eve. So God is the one who made the first animal sacrifice. And God sacrificed an animal to clothe Adam and Eve. So it goes all the way back to the first two people. And he makes here, we're told, a burnt offering. Now, burnt offering is a particular type of offering. A burnt offering speaks of total consecration to God. Total consecration to God. With a, with a burnt offering, nothing is, is kept back. The entire animal is put on the altar and consumed by the fire. And it speaks of total consecration. When a person makes a burnt offering, they're, they're saying, I want my life to be completely consecrated to God. I want to give him everything. I want to put it all on the altar. I don't want to hold anything back. In Romans chapter 12, the Apostle Paul tells us that we should make our lives a living sacrifice. And he says, this is our reasonable service. This is just the reasonable response in light of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us on the cross. The reasonable response to that is to make your life a living sacrifice for him. A burnt offering, so to speak. We're told here also that all the elders of Israel, along with Aaron, they came. They shared a meal with Jethro before the Lord, it says. So this is a, just a fellowship dinner with each other and with the Lord. And now that brings us to verse 13. And so it was, verse 13, on the next day that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood before Moses from morning 
until evening. So Moses, we don't know if he did this every day except the Sabbath day or how often he did this, but Moses would sit to judge the people. You know, maybe Moses had a little beach chair and an umbrella to keep him out of the sun. Uh, And if the people had a dispute or a disagreement with their neighbor, they could bring that disagreement to Moses. And Moses would sit there and listen to their case and then make known to them God's word regarding the matter. Now, God's word hasn't been given yet. Again, that's chapter 20. But but God is is speaking to Moses and speaking through Moses at this point. And so people could bring their disagreement, bring their dispute, present their case before Moses. And Moses would tell them what God's word says or what God's will says regarding that. Now, if you're taking notes, you can jot down Matthew chapter 23, verse 2. Matthew chapter 23, verse 2. There, Jesus said, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, they sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. He tells us there, the teachers of the law, the scribes and the Pharisees, he says, they sit in Moses' seat. In Jesus' day, the teachers of the law served the same function as Moses Here in Exodus chapter 18, if you had a disagreement with your neighbor, you could go to a scribe, you could go to a Pharisee, and they would tell you what God's word says regarding your situation, what God's word tells you to do. In the synagogues, they had literally a Moses seat, a physical seat that was in the synagogue, and when a person taught from the word of God or explained the word of God, they would sit in Moses' seat in the synagogue. If you remember Luke chapter 4, Jesus teaches in the synagogue in Nazareth. It says he stands up to read from the scroll. They would stand at a little, you know, podium kind of like this. They would read the passage. And then it says he sat down and all eyes were on him. He sat down to give the teaching. He was going to explain what the passage means. He sat in the Moses seat that was in the synagogue. And so the origin of sitting in Moses' seat to judge and explain the word of God, it goes back to this passage here, Exodus chapter 18, when the children of Israel were in the wilderness. So Moses would sit and judge the people, their matters that they would bring to him. Look what it says again in verse 13. And the people stood before Moses from morning until evening. You can imagine there were two million people in the congregation of Israel and they're living together in a giant campsite. And, you know, some of the people who get offended by every little thing brought every tiny infraction to Moses. I'm going to go talk to Moses. You're in trouble. I'm going to speak to the manager and you're going to be in trouble. You know, out of two million people, there was a certain percentage of them that were like that. And you know, there were others who, when they came to Moses with their issue, instead of just stating what the issue is, they had to tell the whole backstory, right? Well, my grandfather was also, and he emigrated here from, and then, and when I was seven, and blah, 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 blah. And Moses had to sit there and just nod and act like he was listening until he could politely say, Do you have a question? Could you get to the question? 
I'm just guessing that's what it's like, right? Now watch. So when Moses' father-in-law, Jethro, saw all that he did for the people, he said, what is this thing that you are doing for the people? Why do you alone sit and all the people stand before you from morning until evening? And Moses explained, he said to his father-in-law, well, because the people come to me to inquire of God. And when they have a difficulty, they come to me and I judge between one and another and I make known the statutes of God and his law. So Moses's father-in-law said to him, the thing that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Jethro sees this and Jethro says, why are you doing this? Why are you handling all this alone? This is not good. You're going to wear yourself out and wear out the people. This is too much for one person to handle by yourself. Verse 19. Now listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel. Who's been giving Moses counsel up to now? God. And God will be with you. Stand before God for the people. Intercede for the people. So that you may bring the difficulties to God. You shall teach them, disciple them, the statutes and the laws and show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. Verse 21. Moreover. You shall select from all the people able men, such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you But every small matter they themselves shall judge, so it will be easier for you, for they will bear the burden with you. If you do this and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure. And all this people will also go to their place and peace. Jethro gives his advice to Moses. And and here's Jethro's advice. Select from the people able men, who fear God more than they fear men. That's important. Men of truth, so they're not compromising. Who hate covetousness, so they can't be um, manipulated. So choose godly men of good character. 
and put them in charge of the congregation of Israel, put them over thousands and over hundreds and over fifties and over tens, and let them judge the people. And they can bring the really hard matters to you, Moses, but they will handle the small matters themselves. That will lessen your burden and make it easier for you, Moses. And you won't get burnt out. And you'll be able to endure. And the people will be happy because their complaints are being heard in a more timely manner. And so it will be less of a burden for you, Moses, and more efficient overall. So Jethro's advice essentially to Moses is you need to delegate all these responsibilities to other people. You, you can't all, handle all these people yourself. You'll wear yourself out trying to minister to all these people and their needs. This isn't good. So delegate. Put layers of administration, layers of people in place to handle this so that you don't have to handle it all on your own. Now, Jethro's advice here in chapter 18 is often praised by many as an example of delegating and creating a plurality of leadership and putting people in place to help spread the burden and creating a structure to meet all the needs of the people. And Jethro's advice on who to select, it's it's good advice. Pick able men who fear God. Men of truth who hate covetousness. Again, choose men of, of godly character, men of integrity that won't compromise, that can't be manipulated. And his advice on how to structure it, it sounds really good. Make some rulers over 10, some over 50s, some over hundreds, some over thousands. It's, it's, you know, it's well organized, it's well thought out, it's, it's well structured. And Jethro must have an MBA in organizational management here to come up with this. Now, people have differing opinions about Jethro's advice. Was this good advice or was this bad advice? Was this human wisdom or was this godly wisdom? I I personally don't believe that this is good advice. Uh, And and you can have the other opinion. You, You can hold this up as, you know, a wonderful example of leadership. Uh, and I'm, I'm fine if you have that opinion. We don't need to have a conversation afterwards. You don't need to email me 55 reasons this week why I'm wrong. Uh, we can just disagree. But I do want to share with you a couple reasons why I don't think Jethro's advice was good. It sounds good. It sounds very reasonable. It sounds very wise. It makes sense. But I, I don't think it's from the Lord. First of all, as I hinted at earlier... God has been leading Moses and Israel up to this point. Moses has listened to the voice of the Lord up to now. Now he listens to the voice of Jethro, an unbeliever who does not know the Lord. Look again at what he says in verse 19. Listen now to my voice and I will give you counsel. I mean, that sounds almost like the serpent in the garden. Has God really said, you shall surely die? God has been doing just fine leading Moses and Israel to this point. Why start taking advice from an unbeliever who has been in the camp for only one day? I mean, does this guy really have a good read on what's going on after 24 hours of being there? 
And by the way, at the end of the chapter, after he drops this advice on Moses and Moses takes his advice, he leaves and he goes home. He tells Moses, you know, the thing that you do is not good. You're going to wear yourself out. This is too much for you. You're not able to perform it. God never said that to Moses. Jethro did. And God is the one who put Moses in this position. That Jethro is now saying, well, this isn't good. You know, God's the one who created this. And Jethro is coming along saying, well, well this isn't good. God gave Moses this responsibility to lead the people. And it is true that the responsibility to lead the people and judge their matters, it's an immense responsibility. It's a huge responsibility for Moses. But God gave Moses this responsibility. Moses didn't take this responsibility upon himself. This isn't his doing. He didn't create this. He's told us that a couple times already in Exodus. This is God's doing. God called him to this. When God calls someone, he equips them for that calling. He equips the called. If God calls you to something, he will equip you for that calling. And in our weakness, God will show himself strong and he will enable us to fulfill that calling by his spirit, through his power, so that we don't depend upon our own power we re- depend upon his Holy Spirit, not our own strength, not our own might, but his power and his might. God called Moses to this responsibility, and then he qualified Moses for it. He strengthened Moses to carry out this calling to someone else like Jethro. Moses's responsibility seems too great for one person to carry But it seems too great to Jethro because God hasn't called Jethro to carry out that responsibility. God called Moses and he's equipped Moses to carry that responsibility. Note also that Moses has not expressed feeling overwhelmed by his responsibilities. Moses does not say to his father-in-law Jethro, this is too much for me. I'm not able to handle this. This is unsustainable. I feel burnt out. Jethro, what do you think I should do? Do you have any wise counsel you can give me? Moses isn't overwhelmed. Moses is not burdened. He's not burnt out. He's not weary from ministering to the people. Please hear this. Jethro is encouraging Moses to make changes to address an issue that's not really an issue. And sometimes people do that, don't they? Hey, you need to take care of this. Hey, you need to do that. Oh, I do. Oh, okay. What do you think I should do? Oh, all right. We'll start doing that. It was never really an issue to begin with. Now it is an issue because you've made it an issue by listening to their advice. Now, God does use people. He does use people to counsel us. He does use people to speak to us. God speaks through people. You know, uh, God uh, uses the gifts of the Holy Spirit to minister through people. And he, you know, there are gifts like a word of wisdom, uh, the gift of administration. Those are all gifts of the Spirit. But just because uh, someone has advice doesn't mean it's from the Lord. 
Truth just brought you another great verse-by-verse teaching with Pastor Dan Sexton. Aren't you glad you stuck around to listen? We trust today's words touched your life in a very real and personal way. Pastor Dan has been staying in the book of Exodus with its stories of redemption and so much more. You don't want to miss a single episode. And if by chance you already have, just go to calvaryec.com to catch up. While you're there, Check out our app to get other messages. Follow us on Facebook and iTunes, too. If you don't know that much about us or what we believe, make sure to visit the About tab. It will fill you in on what we're all about here. Are you in the Maryland area? Come visit us either Sunday morning or Thursday evening. Times can be found at calvaryec.com, so make sure to go there now. Meeting you face-to-face would be such a privilege. Our time with you has come to an end today, and so for now we say goodbye. But before we go, would you give us a call at 410-491-4592 and let us know how this program spoke to you today? Again, that's 410-491-4592. We always appreciate hearing from our listeners. Thank you from Columbia, Maryland, for listening to Ring of Truth. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.